Chapter 18, Reputation Location, Pluris, the Museum of Books Present Day, 6.02 p.m. Thorn and Shadow materialized by the front door of the Museum of Books. She'd wrapped her arms around his neck and rested her head on his chest, and it would have felt like heaven if the gash on her leg wasn't giving her hell. Frack, it hurts, she complained. He placed his hand right over the wound to stop the bleeding, and she released a pitchy groan. Ouch. I'm so sorry, he said in his usual honey-coated husky tone, a deep throaty sweetness that melted her pain away. We're almost there, prick, he reassured as they entered the building. We're almost there. We're friends, she said, batting her eyelashes. What do you mean? He asked. Prick. I missed being called a prick by you. She looked at her pants soaked in blood and wondered how much of it she'd lost. I missed calling you prick, he said, squeezing her ever so slightly. Everything went dark for a second, she was weak, too weak to keep her eyes open. Thorn? He shook her shoulder. Stay with me. He shook her again. Come on. Talk to me. What have you done to warrant the hate of the worlds? She forced her eyes open, fighting the exhaustion. Are you serious? She mumbled, and he returned a blank stare. I, killed. You. They hate you because of that? That's not fair. His surprise sounded a bit too dramatic and pitchy. Was he just trying to keep her conscious or was he truthfully astonished by the reaction of his creations? Don't scream at me, she took the bait. No, it's not fair, and I'm not the one who needs convincing. He went quiet and his broody brows took their usual spot, closer to each other over his eyes. Guided by Sybil, Shadow carried Thorn inside the Museum of Books and over to the secret passage in between the two trees. The leafy tunnel led to the commune, a settlement of around fifty small round cabins floating on a lake. At the center of the pool of water stood a main communal building set on an artificial island made of black slate. The entire commune was hidden inside the colossal structure that housed the Museum of Books and the Botanic Gardens. I need help. Shadow approached a group of Plurisian guarding the access to the commune. The five women bowed to Shadow, but they didn't move, blocking their entry. One of the floating cabins approached the shore. The cabin's petal-shaped walls opened, settling on the water's surface in the likeness of a lotus flower. The translucent center allowed light in but prevented outsiders from seeing inside. As a door slid open a woman emerged followed by a hooded man. My heart, you bring your killer to our home, the woman said, looking at Thorn. It took a moment for Thorn to recognize the man standing further back at the cabin's entry. Instead of his usual glamorous outfits, Nathan Storm wore the plain handcrafted green garments of the tree-hugging Plurisian zealots, the ones who chose to live in self-sustained communes to minimize environmental impact. Which would be a great idea if they weren't so judgmental of anything or anyone that couldn't quite keep up with their immaculate lifestyle. She'd rather spend the night boxing for money in the game pits of compies than cooped up in a stinking hot room singing Kumbaya with a hundred of her closest strangers. Jan, Thorn is a dear friend she got hurt helping me. She needs urgent care. History sheeter. She shot you in the heart, the woman replied incredulously, raising the tension amongst the Plurisian. I trust Thorn with my life. She's bleeding badly. Shadow applied pressure on Thorn's wound. I don't understand. Jan wobbled her head, looking back at Storm, 
whose piercing eyes focused on Thorn nestled in Shadow's arms. Storm nodded, his lips pressed shut. Shadow's body tensed up around her. She put her hand on one side of his neck, and planted a long, wet kiss on his bruised face, branded by the water skin. My hero. W.H. What are you doing? He asked. Opening your eyes, Thorn muttered in his ear, nibbling on his earlobe. She smiled as Storm's face flushed red, before he turned around abruptly and walked inside the cabin. Can you see clearly now? Stop it, prick, Shadow said, all jittery. Thank me later, honey. The distraction kept her mind off the fact she no longer felt her leg. She was quite attached to her medal-winning limbs, and she hoped she wouldn't lose one because of him. Kindly follow me, Jan said. What happened? Shadow explained while he followed Jan to another floating cabin moving toward them. As they walked into the cabin, a short, chubby man with sweet eyes took one look at Shadow and dropped his head. My heart. My light, he said. Please, don't, Shadow said, a pinch of blush emerging on the non-bruised side of his face. Let me take care of your face, said the man. What's your name? Shadow asked. Hepius, my heart. Hepius, my friend is hurt. She needs help. Shadow laid Thorn on the single bed, set up in the middle of the cabin. Hepius glanced suspiciously at Thorn. Your murderer, he murmured. I don't need any favors, she snapped. Get the frack out. I'm a healer. I'm bound by my oath to nurture and protect life, even yours, God's killer. Hepius's eyes sparked with the fervor of his purpose as he glanced at Shadow. Shadow smiled and worked to unfasten the straps from the five buckles on her leather jacket. Then, he took it off and pulled off her boots. You've always been great with this part, she said, half delirious as his long fingers unbuttoned and unzipped her commando-style pants. Everything was so much easier back then, when she thought he was just a pretty digital character she could use for some mind-blowing sexy times. Carefree moments before she discovered he had unintentionally destroyed everything she cared about. A simpler time when she didn't know the bots had feelings. When everything wasn't a zero-sum game between up above and down below. His design. His game. His unintended consequences, devastating for her and especially for Lily, her little sister. No excuses. She'd put another bullet through his heart if it helped, but it didn't, the ultimate mindfuck. After exchanging a few words with Jan, Hepius removed Thorn's pants and zapped her thigh with some magic light that made her feel she could walk on clouds. Then he cleaned her wound, stitched it up, and dressed it. Shadow never left her side, standing by the bed and holding her hand. All manly and gentle and sexy and caring. It's so fracking hard to hate you. Up north they have bio-sealant, Hepius said. Here, this is the best we can do. Unfortunately, it will leave a slight scar for a few months. I'm used to scars, Thorne said. They're a good reminder of what not to do. She leaned her head toward Shadow. Get anywhere near him, to be precise, she clarified. Plus, higher up, they'd let my leg rot if they didn't kill me first. Northerners don't kill people, Hepius said, matter-of-factly. I'm not people. I'm God's butcher. Thorne said. Indeed, you are, Jan muttered. Nonsense. Shadow squeezed Thorn's hand. Thorn tried and wiggled her toes, 
and although her leg was quite numb, she could also bend her knee. She smiled, and Shadow smiled back wholeheartedly. Her breath caught and she pulled her hand from his, punching him in the arm. Next time, just kill all the demons yourself, she demanded. You're the god. No major damage, Hepia said, handing her back her pants. You should regain full mobility in a few days. Just keep your weight off the leg. You must rest now, Shadow said. Thorn ignored him, still focusing on Hepius. Is there a place where a wounded hero can get a drink and enjoy a cigar? Inside the main building, to the right. Thorn put on her pants and raised her arms toward Shadow. Give me a lift? You need to rest and I need to speak to Nate. It's important, Shadow said. Thorn persisted. I'm injured because of you. I need a lift and a drink. Then you can go kiss your boyfriend. You've lost a lot of blood, he objected, crossing his arms in front of his chest. Ergo I need a drink. Just one. Shadow sighed, and then he turned to the healer. Thank you, Hepius. The honor is all mine, my light, Hepius said as the cabin started moving toward the island. I'm filled with hope and joy now that you are back to join our revolution. Shadow dropped his head, all gloomy. Jan looked at Thorn, and if the underling's eyes could kill, Thorn would be dead by now. A cabin will be waiting for you outside the communal hall. You can rest here tonight, before you leave in the morning, she said assertively. How generous, Thorn sneered. Jan, my deepest gratitude, Shadow said. Where can I find Nate? When you're ready, ask anyone around. They'll help you. Thank you. Shadow swooped Thorn into his arms. My heart, Jan called as they were about to leave the cabin, and he looked back. Don't take her with you when you go see him. Your killer will be safe here. You have my word. Shadow blinked his eyes. A gal does one tiny little thing to help a friend, and her reputation is ruined forever. Geez, Thorn said. 